On this episode of the podcast, Josh tells us a tale of the main contributing factor to the collapse of the Montreal Expos. Or maybe not. Maybe the Expos collapse was inevitable. Or we try again. Just send the Nationals back. Let's round two. Run it back. Yeah. No one likes the Nationals anyway. They got their one chip. Let's do it again. Send them back to Montreal. Whoop, whoop. Recline that sofa and loosen that tie because this is mismanaged. Welcome to Mismanaged, a podcast where we kick back and criticize the failings of paid sports professionals while also offering them foolproof solutions to all their management woes. I'm Austin Egan. I'm Josh Sweezy. And I'm Nathaniel Westover. Let's get into it. This week, we are back to talking MLB. Warning to any and all Montreal Expos fans. Well, there are none. There are no Expo fans anymore. So there is no war. That, that was kind of. There are no Expo fans. The, the whole problem with the Expos was that there were no fans. Do, do you want to tell us about that, Josh? Yeah. yeah. You. you tell us a little story. All right. So I'm taking us back to late May of 1989. Mm, what a year. Spring break. Whoop, whoop. Uh, the Montreal Expos had a young general manager named Dave Dabrowski, and he was in the market for an ace. Not, or any fans? Of space. Not yet. The 80, 89, they were fine. Oh, they were good? Okay. Uh, I wouldn't say they were good, but <laughs> they were fine. They sold a few tickets. The, the Expos had gone an even 81 and 81 in the 1988 season and were looking for someone to lead them to the playoffs in 1989. Now, rumor on the street was that the Seattle Mariners were interested in trade offers for their starter, Mark Langston. Hmm. I don't know who that is. He, Word on the street, he's available. Word on the street is he's no good. <laughs> no, no, he was pretty good. He just didn't want to play in Seattle anymore. Fair. That was the rumor. He apparently wanted to move to California. Mm. No, Ooh, no, that California. Makes more sense that he got dealt there and not like free agent. <laughs> yeah. I'm tired of Seattle. <laughs> Give me the snow-capped mountains of Montreal. I've always wanted to speak French. Mm. Give me there. <laughs> That's one thing baseball players love is Europe. <laughs> Yeah, no, apparently he wanted to move to California and become a movie star. Ooh. And I'm like, you're already a pitcher in the major leagues. Like, you're already living the dream. What, do, what more do you want? But yeah, baseball money's dumb money. Hunter yes. in the NFL. Which is mm. you, Fernando Tatis Jr. Oh, my goodness. Oh, a dream. 14 years, what, like 300 million? Yeah. 340, I think. Mm. righty then. Uh, so Langston had played the last five season as seasons as the Mariner for the Mariners. Jeez, this is what happened. He was when, as the Mariners. This is what happens when we record in the afternoon. I'm not ready. We can't have nice things. All right. So Langston had played the last five seasons for the Mariners, racking up 74 wins and 67 losses with an ERA of 4.01 and a WHIP of 1.372. Are those good numbers, Westover? The ERA is kind of high, but the WHIPs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nice. Good looking whip. It's, it's not bad for the 80s. Yep. Mm. Uh, the Mariners wanted to re-sign Langston, but those talks were not getting any traction. So when the Expos showed up with three young pitching prospects, a deal was struck. Langford, along with Mike Campbell, who never actually played a game for the Expos, were sent Classic. off to Montreal in return for Gene Harris, Brian Holman, and the big unit himself, Randy Johnson. Jesus. 
H. Christ. So you've heard of Randy Johnson, but you uh, haven't heard of Mark Langston. I've heard of his mustache <laughs> and the man behind it. Yep. So who is Randy Johnson? I don't know. <laughs> played backyard baseball I'm about to tell you. He's the only pitcher to get. He's one of the most unique pitchers that the game has ever seen. At a massive six foot ten, with the with long gangly arms, a beautiful mustache, and a glorious full bodied mullet, he was a spectacle on the mound. Uh, when he was traded, he was definitely a raw prospect, though. Uh, he imitated. In, imitated? Yeah. See, this is this is why we have to record at night, he because by then I've said a few sentences. It's okay, just roll it. He imitated the <laughs> batters. Yeah, to and... like know how they swung, so he knew how to throw against their swings. He learned to bat ironically. <laughs> he imitated a draft in his lankiness <laughs> and his gangly arms. Tall, when he would pitch, it looked like, you know how like drafts drink water and they like mm. stick their heads all the way down? Sure. That's what it looked like when he sure. pitched. I've been to the zoo. <laughs> all right, good night. <laughs> um, yeah, so he intimidated batters with his size and the wildness of his pitches. He threw hard with no idea where the ball was going to end up. Amazing, my style. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Just huck it. He was. It. He was given the nickname "Big Unit" by Expo All Star Tim Raines, and it followed him for the rest of his career. Now Johnson, in his first full season in Montreal, was zero and four with a six point six seven ERA and a one point eight four WHIP. Now, how are those numbers, Westover? Very bad. I mean, All the time. Yeah, he didn't win any games, so that. Perhaps the most important stat of all, he was he was bad at. <laughs> he had given up 29 hits and 26 walks in 292 and a third innings to go along with his 26 strikeouts. And he had also just been demoted to the minors when Wolf. he got traded. So in Montreal, they were not impressed with with uh, with our man Randy. Sounds like impatience. Yeah. Four games. Only four games. The man's and huge. And first season. Oh, well, it was more than. Four because he pitched like almost three hundred innings. Yeah, just, that's a fair point. I was only count, given the loss. I don't count partial stat. games. <laughs> just means his team couldn't score at all. Yeah. Oh, so it's not on him. It's partially on him. A six point six seven is bad. Have you played backyard baseball? <laughs> He's a god. So as you can imagine, following the trade, everyone in Seattle was unhappy. Third baseman Jim Presley said, "This is a sad day for Mariner baseball." In four months now, we've lost two of the best pitchers in Mariner history. Uh, Mike Moore had uh, signed with Oakland in a free agent. That's who uh, he's referring to as, as two. So Langston and Mike Moore. Gotcha. Uh, back to the quote. Uh, yeah, this is a sad day. I don't know what went on, whether they made an offer to him or whether he wanted out of here, but maybe they should have been thinking of how we're supposed to replace him. That's unquote. That's how good Mike Mark, Mike, Mark Langston was. Mm. That. Their first, in their eyes? Yeah. Their first baseman was like, how are we supposed to replace him? All we got were these three scrubs. Yeah. What are we going to do now? Our, our dreams are over. Well, well the first baseman for the Mariners. <laughs> yeah. probably already over. Yeah. Oh, that was actually the third baseman. This is oh. the and this next quote is from first baseman Alvin Davis, who said, we've just traded our franchise players, and that's for you guys to analyze. I can't come out and blast the ball club because I'm not privy to everything that's going on. I don't know what they're thinking, but I do know Mark wanted to stay here. He really did. I'm qualified to say that he did. 
It's a business, and that's the bottom line. Yeah, but he didn't want to stay. Yeah, there. who is this guy? Yeah, is he? Is he, he wanted is, out. Is he Langston's mistress or something? <laughs> yeah. He's like, no. <laughs> very <laughs> close team. I know everything about. You Langston. heard the pillow talk. <laughs> he wanted to stay here with me. <laughs> he loved it here in Seattle. He loved me. He told me. <laughs> he told me he'd never leave me at the fisherman's market. <laughs> Under the nets. Uh, and ca- and catcher Dave Valley simply said, "Oh no, oh no, oh yeah." <laughs> oh, no. That's how that's how everybody on the team felt about this trade. They were they were not pleased. Mm. Now Randy Johnson at the time said, "This it's a relief to be over here. I'm not under a microscope like I was in Montreal. I think they the Expos gave up on me sooner than I thought they would. I'm happy to be here." No more French dictionary and no more French money. So, or make that Canadian money. Mm. You know what? A man of the people. He belongs in the 48 states of the United States. No Alaska, no Hawaii. But Just in the lower 48? The continental. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Uh, the important 48. Also, the microscope of Montreal. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> talk about a big market. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's really scrutinized there. Oh, Randy, Randy. Uh, Mark Langston went on went 12 and nine in the 1989 season with Montreal with a 2.39 ERA and propelled them to a record of 81 and 81, Ooh. meaning they missed out on the playoffs again. Oh. He had a better year for himself, mm-hmm. but the team, <laughs> the mm-hmm. team, the Russell Westbrook did method. not improve. The Westbrook method. Uh, and then Langston then left in free agency for the California Angels, where he played the next eight seasons. So <laughs> apparently, uh, really wanted it out of California. good old Jim Presley, or no, which one was it? It was Alvin Davis. He did he did not want to come back to Seattle in free agency. <laughs> that is the move. I've always wondered if like, I've always wanted like a big name star on an expiring deal to be dealt and then leave in free agency back to the team, <laughs> to the team that dealt it. That seems like the move, <laughs> right? That'd I'm sure so there's cool. probably some investigations that would go on <laughs> into those yes. decisions. Imagine if Anthony Davis went back to New Orleans after New Orleans acquired all that nonsense. That's honestly all I wanted. That'd be amazing. Him and Zion? Choice. Mm, That would be very cool. Someday. Someday it'll happen. Mm. You heard it here first. All right. uh, (laughs) I just like to make a lot of claims, and that way when one of them comes true, I can, like, pull this soundbite and be like, ah, I do. Ah, look, at, look at me. <laughs> so Johnson, back to back to Randy, uh, he took some time to come into his own. Uh, in Seattle, he led the American League in walks for his first three consecutive seasons. Well, you just huck it as hard as you can. <laughs> Literally. He used to say it's yeah. accurate. But did he lead the league in strikeouts? That, I did not look up that stat. So not in that year. No. Probably not. Probably not. But... In 1993, it all came together. He figured out how to control his pitches, and then he finished in the top three of Cy Young voting for the next three seasons, including winning the award in 1995. He was part of that uh, miraculous 1995 Mariners playoff run, which we'll get to a little later on. Uh, He would eventually leave Seattle and take his career to even higher heights as part of the Arizona Diamondbacks, where he won four consecutive Cy Young Awards from 1999 to 2002 and led them to the World Series in 2001. See, it's funny because, like, I think sea level wise, he actually probably went (laughs) went down lower, not went high. But his career went all skyrocket. It's a converse (laughs) exponential. Graph. Nobody cares. Oh. <laughs> All right. So as a trade itself, 
It's very bad for the Expos. <laughs> no, the one little bit. <laughs> if you take a step back and look at the big picture from a franchise standpoint, it's even worse. Oof. So as many people know, the Montreal Expos no longer exist. Woo! They are now the Washington Nationals. Uh, Montreal never had stars for more than a few seasons, and the excitement around the franchise died out. Could, could Randy Johnson have saved the Montreal Expos? He was under a microscope, so no. I mean, let's think about it. Maybe. Probably not. Pro- I mean, <laughs> he sticks around with, you know, if they can keep that trade they made with the Dodgers. Yeah, that's my next sentence. But as discussed on this very next on this very podcast, the Expos traded for Hall of Famer Pedro Martinez in 1993, the same year that Randy Johnson really came into his own. So they would have had Pedro, a a very young Pedro, and Randy Johnson hitting his stride. It would have been... And um, no money for anyone. (laughs) No money for for anything else. But but we wouldn't (laughs) be talking about him now. No. But uh, could could their combined brilliance have inspired the people of Montreal to actually care about their team? If they form like a pitchy Voltron robot... So Pedro just gets on Randy Johnson's shoulders. I mean, and then they we're talking about two the of the hardest throwing pitchers of all time. Mm-hmm. They would have been on the same team. They would have at least been fun to watch, right? Oh, I would have looked hundred percent. And I, and I, if if I can help it, I don't look. Yep. Wait, what? He doesn't look. I don't oh, look. Okay. You guys don't look at explosions. Okay. Uh, so, oh, oh. where was I? Ah, things got worse for Montreal in 1994 when the league realignment put the Atlanta Braves into their division. Mm. Somehow, you know, Montreal Atlanta, and Atlanta, Montreal. I mean, they're right next to each other. It makes about as much sense as Dallas being in the NFC East. Yeah, yes. yeah that one's questionable yeah. for sure. Uh, Montreal went from a middling team to the bottom of their division and the people did not care. They had one last chance in 1995 when they had a record of 74 and 40, which led their division. They were on pace to win 106 games that season when the infamous 1995 player strike hit. The team collapsed after the strike ended and they never made the playoffs again. Major League Baseball purchased the club in 2002 and moved them to DC in 2005. Now, I don't know if keeping Randy Johnson would have saved the Expos, but it definitely would have made them more fun to watch. Yeah. It's just there's not a big baseball market in Canada. No. Is there a big market in Canada? I mean, Toronto. Toronto. The, the Blue Jays have a huge fan base. Yeah, you Blue can't Jays walk down are... a street in Toronto without seeing somebody in some Blue Jays gear. They also just had way better. Like, their just logos and marketing were just better. Yeah. Blue Jays uh, are cooler. Apparently, the Expo's marketing was, like, the worst. Like, there was a story I was reading in my research about a friend of the owner came from the Dominican Republic to stay in Montreal for a week and, like, go to some games and stuff. And he didn't see a single billboard, a single, like, shop window advertising merch, a single person wearing Montreal Expo's merch the entire week he was in Montreal. And he was like, well, there's your biggest problem right there. We like to play it low-key here in Montreal. (laughs) It's a more subtle marketing campaign. It's an invitation-only kind of situation. (laughs) We're the VIP of uh, Major League Baseball. Baseball. (laughs) Which is definitively the least VIP-ish sport. (laughs) (laughs) America's game. Have you been to a minor league baseball game? I'm not even talking triple A. Have you been to a single or double A minor league baseball game? It is the trashiest 
experience. But it's yeah. so fun. Yeah. Oh, it's loads of fun. <laughs> Shout out to the Norfolk Tides, which Woo! is the, the team I always watched in my youth. Go Seawolves. <laughs> Anything Go from you? Go Mets. We were the B Mets. Mm. Gross. <laughs> I hate when teams don't have the creative acumen we're to now come the, up with a new name. Well, we're now the Rumble Ponies, so... That is an amazing... That's almost the, the Stud Muffins. Mm. Almost. You know, honestly, either does it for me, so... You could hyphenate it, the Stud Muffin Rumble Ponies. Interesting, <laughs> interesting. I hear you. Uh, but on the other side of the coin, the Seattle, Seattle Mariners franchise was also tumultuous during the 1990s. But in 1995, the Mariners stormed back from seemingly insurmountable odds to make the playoffs for the first time in franchise history. They beat the Yankees in the American League Division Series and gained enough momentum to keep the team from moving to another city. Ken Griffey Jr. and Edgar Martinez get a lot of the credit for saving baseball in Seattle, but I think big unit Randy Johnson was just as big of a factor. Imagine, they're in their worst of years and they might be leaving the team and they all just, leaving the whole city and they Rally together. Beat the Yankees. And mm-hmm. Griffey. We love it. Iconic. But yeah, they they apparently were thinking about moving to either Indianapolis or Tampa Bay. So Winter they could have been the Winter Indianapolis Mariners, which, you know, makes sense. I kind of miss that Tampa Bay isn't the Devil Rays anymore. Mm. I like when they break out the throwback logos and have that stuff. No. Backyard baseball. Does, is that your only touchstone for baseball? No. <laughs> Go Tigers. <laughs> Maybe. All right. So that's that's the story of Randy Johnson. It's got some drama because you know a whole franchise packed up and moved, but and another almost packed. And, and who's moved. to say this isn't directly responsible for that happening? Yeah, exactly. Like I said, like you said in the opening. Something anyway. to say. Some might say. Some career stats for the big unit, just to close us out. Johnson played in the league for 22 years, winning 303 games and losing 166. He has a career ERA of 3.29 with 4,135 and one innings pitch. Sorry. 4,135. And one third. Thank you. I could not say that for some reason. Baseball's so weird. So many stats. What if you only pitch two innings? You don't make your third. You round up. You <laughs> no, round down. Did you not even is pitch? a third of an inning. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he played for, he threw one out. <laughs> he got one out. And, and he's done. Yep. Probably like, Why even track it? Everything's garbage. <laughs> uh, he has 4,875 career strikeouts, which is second on the all-time list. He won five Cy Young Awards, uh, the Babe Ruth Award, which was World Series MVP for 2001, and got the Triple Crown of Pitching in 2002, which was what again, Wester? Uh ERA, mm-hmm. wins, and strikeouts. Nice. As that's the clean. icing... Shane Bieber did it this year. Oh, that's right. He did do it this year. I think it's pronounced BBA. Um, BBA. He's we, French. We watched him pitch here in Lynchburg. You're talking about BBA? Yeah. <laughs> So as the icing on the cake, Randy Johnson was inducted into the National Baseball Hall of Fame in 2015. What about Wearing Ramston? an Expos hat. He is did. he in the Hall of Fame? Uh, not as far as I know in any of my research. Is he alive? I think so. Good. I don't know if he ever made any movies, though. I don't know if he ever really Maybe he, caught his he, dream. <laughs> he actually changed his name, and he is now what you might know as Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Now that Josh has presented one of the worst moves in MLB history, we feel pretty comfortable and confident in presenting our own proposals for those GMs we believe need a little amateur help to make their professional decisions. Uh, Westover, why don't you kick us off there? All right. My dear GM is the current acting GM of the Mets, Zach Scott. Are you saying something? You got him for Zach? Why does he have two first names? <laughs> Zach, I'm coming for you. Should be a NASCAR. <laughs> he's he's in a weird position right now because uh, Stephen Cohen, the new owner of the Mets, like this year, mm-hmm. uh, hired a GM, and that guy got fired within a week uh, due to a, a little scandal. So, scandal, scandal, go Mets! Uh, but the, the Mets have already made one blockbuster trade in acquiring Francisco Lindor. And Stephen Cohen has pretty much given the green light to spend money and go in win-now mode. So why stop at one star? You've fallen behind in the pitching arms race, and so why not counter it with bigger bats? If they've got good pitchers, why not get great hitters to match up against them? The Cubs are in turmoil and currently have no GM in charge after Theo Epstein just kind of dipped. They don't need one. So why not try and take advantage of what appears to be a clear rebuilding year for the Cubs, whose window is closed. Chris Bryant may not be as hot a commodity in the recent years, but he has playoff experience and fills a position of need that hasn't been great since the captain retired. No captain, my captain. While the Mets have several top 10 ranked third base prospects, they're not ready yet to be playing in the majors. And with a plethora of prospects, you can spare a higher rated prospect for a win now team. So my proposal is this. The Mets acquire Chris Bryant and Yovani Cruz, who's their 20th-ranked prospect, for Mark Vientos, the 7th-ranked prospect for the Mets. This way, the Cubs can get a top-level prospect who can be part of a rebuild and earn a starting spot faster than he would with the Mets, while the Mets can create a killer infield of Bryant, Lindor, McNeil, and Alonzo. Killer. The Yankee method. The Yankee method. I support it. All right, uh, my dear GM this week goes out to Oakland Athletics GM David Forced. Hey man, it's been a rough off season for you. <laughs> You've had a few big names leave you already in uh, this pronunciation Marcus that I should have looked up. Simeon? I would have. I would have watched it for oh, sure. <laughs> would you have said? Yep. Yeah. Simeon. All right. Uh, Liam Hendricks and Robbie Grossman. You guys have a solid starter in Chris Bassett, but you need some help with starting pitching. I'm recommending that you guys. Go out and sign 30-year-old free agent Jake Odorizzi. He's coming off of a bit of a turbulent season, but he would be a great veteran addition to your rotation. And if he struggles, you can always pull him for one of your young guns. But I think he'd be a nice boost to your competitive ball club. And if it doesn't work out, then there's no real harm done. Well, that's fair. I like the, you know, middle-tier reward, no-risk situation. Those are the bets you should be doing. Yep. Yeah, Odorizzi's not bad. That'd be a good signing. Well, this week, my dear Jim is actually addressed to an owner. Shout out to Dick Monfort. (laughs) Seriously? Monfort. Yeah, that's (laughs) because you laughed after I said Monfort. Yeah, that was it. Dick Monfort. (laughs) (laughs) No, read your next sentence. Dick Monfort of the Colorado Rockies. No, the next sentence. Dick. I am addressing you <laughs> because the move your franchise needs is a new general manager. 
Now, I'm not one to take money out of another man's pockets, but I'm going to go ahead and say, screw it. Get rid of this guy. Because he's taking money out of your pocket. Precisely. And if there's one thing we know, the rich need to get richer. Current GM Jeff Bridich has become a nightmare for your organization. Bridich and his front office have been in a downward spiral of bad moves for a few years now. From overpaying relief pitchers like Wade Davis and Brian Shaw to letting DJ Mahu. LeMahieu. LeMahieu. There is no love before it. There is. It's DJ LeMahieu. Yeah. Ah, typos. They're fun. To let in LeMahieu leave in free agency. Twice. To his. Twice. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't going to be real finicky about it, but if you want to go hard on this guy, it's okay. (laughs) Twice. To his magnum opus of forcing his own hand in the terrible Nolan Arenado trade. Ugh. British has set fire to the franchise. Now, uh, to clue you in exactly this on this recent deal, this offseason, the Nolan Arenado trade, he gave Nolan Arenado a contract and insisted himself that there be an opt-out clause for Arenado. Arenado said, I don't need one. It's fine. I don't want to leave. I want to be committed to the franchise. And he's like, no, no, we're going to let you decide. We're going to give it to you. And now they're at a point where they've had some bad relations. He's like, oh, no, he's going to use the opt-out clause. Got to trade him now for guinea pigs. Peanuts. Peanut guinea pigs. (laughs) And so he basically set himself up and then pushed himself off. And then also with Arenado in the trade is also paying the Cardinals $50 million. Trade a superstar $50 million for a bunch of nothing. So not only has he taken your team to a place of virtual non-competition, but his presence represents a figurative do not enter to free agents and current franchise players. The only way to redeem the Arenado deal is to use the money to convince shortstop Trevor Story to stick around. And even then, it's not going to fix everything because Story has not been the player that he was a few years ago. He's been kind of falling off the edge. But it's hard to imagine that happening with British in charge. The season hasn't started yet. We're just into the first couple of days of spring training. Uh, so go ahead, make the move. Fire British. You're yeah. welcome, Dick. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Comment. You're not. And that's the pod. In the words of former MLB manager Lou Pinella. Sure. Sure. Baseball names are weird. I approve. Quote, statistics are like bikinis. They show a lot, but not everything. Gross. (laughs) That classic (laughs) old school red-blooded baseball Uh, manager quote that is both disturbing and problematic. old man thing to say. (laughs) It's such an old man thing to say. Uh, Well, you know, statistics are like bikinis. I don't think they are, sir. (laughs) Oh, they show a lot, but not everything. You know, he's saying it like it's some deep lesson. He's providing some entry-level scout. Some (laughs) deep insight into how the world works. Desperately clinging to the old ways of baseball <laughs> as analytics swoop in and rip out his lifeblood. Yep. Trust your gut. Pull your starting pitcher when he's going off. Ooh. Oh. Topical. <laughs> Tampa. Tampa. That's okay. Tampa. They'll get over They it. got other championships this year. Yeah. We in don't every about. other major sport except <laughs> baseball. You could have done it. You could have been a contender instead of a bum. But thanks for listening. And remember... This was mismanaged.